The Lady Parts Doctor podcast is a health podcast focusing on issues that affect women and those assigned female at birth. However, it is for everyone. This is our safe place to talk about the things that matter to you involving your spiritual, mental, and physical health. It's not medical advice. It's medical information. We talk and I give you the evidence with a little of my personal and professional experience sprinkled in. So sit back, relax, grab your beverage of choice, water again for me, and let's go. Welcome to the Lady Parts Doctor podcast. I am Dr. Stephanie Heck, the Lady Parts Doctor, and we're in day five of this series, Observing Black Maternal Health Week. So I'm so happy that you're coming back, and today we're going to do a recap of everything that we've talked about thus far. So I know I typically start talking about the last episode, but we're going to talk about all of the episodes that we've done over the past five days. So we started off Tuesday, April 11th, the first day of Black Maternal Health Week, talking about why it's even a thing, what the importance of Black Maternal Health Week is. This is the sixth annual Black Maternal Health Week, and it was founded by the Black Mamas Matter Alliance Incorporated. It's a national network of Black women-led organizations and multidisciplinary professionals who work to ensure that all Black mamas have the rights, respect, and resources to thrive before, during, and after pregnancy. The theme this year is Our Bodies Belong to Us, Restoring Black Autonomy and Joy. For the Black Mamas Matter Alliance, the term Black Mamas is incredibly inclusive. It's used to represent the full diversity of our lived experiences as Black Mamas. That includes birthing people, so cis women, trans folks, gender expansive individuals, just anybody who is a black mama. (laughs) And then the term black, it can involve people who are of African descent across the diaspora. It involves people of African descent across the diaspora, Afro-Latinx, African-American, Afro-Caribbean, black and African immigrant. We're all black. We observe this week because we know that there is a maternal mortality crisis for black women and birthing mamas in this country. According to the CDC, approximately 700 women die each year in the United States as a result of pregnancy, and about 80% of those deaths are preventable. In 2020, the maternal mortality rate for black women was three times the rate for white women in the United States. So... We have a lot of work to do, and Black Maternal Health Week is needed. Maternal health is also involving mental health. It's all part of the health, your spiritual, your physical, your mental health. All of that is honored in Black Maternal Health Week. This week has been a week of awareness, activism, and community building. 
amplifying the voices of black mamas and talking about policy and changes and all things that can better create an equitable healthcare system for black women and black mamas. It's been really cool to see all of the conversations amongst OBGYNs, midwives, doulas, lawyers, um, people with public health, like all of these foundations and resources really devoted to the cause. I tried to promote as much as I could, I'm sure, and I hope that you've seen some things floating around. But if not, go on social media. You can go on anything really, but try Instagram and put in hashtag B. A, no, BMHW23. I had to think about it for a second. That's for Black Maternal Health Week. And just see some of the things that are going on and some of the conversations you can join. And also, you can donate to the cause. You can donate to the Black Mamas Matter Alliance. You can go to their website. That's a quick Google search. But you can also find them on social media, promoting the information as well. And I'd be remiss not to also mention, with the theme of autonomy and restoring autonomy. And we're going to come to that related to birth a little later, but also in the news this week is the ruling on mifepristone, which is the abortion pill. And there have been a lot of confusing rulings and people trying to figure out what to do. And I have to say that that is part of autonomy and being able to make decisions about your body. So it's just interesting that that fell during Black Maternal Health Week. Okay, now getting back to the conversation of birth autonomy, on day number two, we had a conversation about home birth. And I had Dr. Carla Williams come. She is an OBGYN, but she is also a birth doula. And we had an amazing conversation where she shared her experience. If you haven't listened to that one, go check it out. She shared her experience giving birth in the hospital and then opting to have home births with her two second pregnancies. She shared information, how she came to the decision about where she was going to give birth. And she discussed a little bit about originally planning for the hospital, then the birthing center, and ultimately making the decision to have a home birth. And that was a great conversation because going into it for me, like when I was in full-time clinical practice and a patient wanted a home birth, I was always kind of like, okay, I respect whatever your decision is, but I don't recommend that you do that. And I think now I would spend a little more time just really going through the risks, the assessments, and making sure that if that's the decision that they want, just helping them to build the appropriate team to help their vision come into reality. Because ultimately, our ultimate goal is to have you be safe, and we want your baby to be safe. And we also want you to be well, we want you to thrive. And so assisting you in your vision of how you want your care to occur while also helping you thrive is is our goal. So that was really interesting. And I think moving forward, that would be my question first. You know, usually patients would ask, oh, okay, which hospitals do you deliver? You know, that's what they say. And we'd say, okay, we deliver here, we deliver there, and I might, may or may not be the person. And in the past, we worked closely with a midwifery group, I would say, you know, there is another group of midwives, if that's the experience that you want. And often people would come in kind of 
having a conversation or saying things that made me think, okay, I think midwifery care might be a better option for them. But the thing about the midwifery care for the people that we worked with was that they were a smaller group. And so that was beneficial for our patients. They liked that experience more and the thought of, okay, if there are eight midwives here and I see each of these midwives during my pregnancy, when I give birth, I am going to see someone I know. Whereas I was working in a very large practice where it was very rare that I would actually get to be there for the birth of my patients. So having an open, honest conversation about people's wants, about people's needs, and really assessing their healthcare and their risks to find out if a low risk intervention like home birth or low risk option, I should say like home birth, is a great option for them versus if they really need a higher level of care or they have a higher level of risk and should be taken care of in the hospital. And it was interesting since then I've learned about more OBGYN slash doulas. We talked a little bit about this on that episode with Dr. Williams that One thing that you really enjoy, especially when it's a patient that you have a relationship with, is being able to be there and provide support. And that's something that, you know, I've always done, especially with the pushing and that process is just providing support and being a clear voice and kind of making sure that everybody has a role for the people who don't have doulas. There is such great information about doulas improving birth outcomes and studies that have shown a decrease in C-section. So a doula is a really great option for people to have. Also, we talked about who needs to be there with you if you're doing a home birth. You should have a certified midwife. And also you want to make sure that you have a relationship or at least backup available if you need to go to the hospital. We hope that if you decide to have a home planned birth, that you don't ever need to go to the hospital, (laughs) but it's always good to be prepared just in the event that you need to. We wanna make sure again that you and your baby are thriving. On day three, we talked about the transition from being at home postpartum to going back to work. Oh my goodness, I feel like that one, that conversation I got the largest response to because everybody just kind of hates having to leave your little tiny baby to go back into the office, to go back to work. And we talked about often who has to go back to work and that most new moms or a large portion, almost 50% of new moms actually go back to work before six weeks, which is crazy to me because at six weeks, Most babies are not sleeping through the night and you as a new parent are not rested. You are walking through life in a haze, confused about the daytime and the nighttime, just like your baby. (laughs) So we really need federal policies to support and increase parental leave. You know, they have the Family Medical Leave Act, which I think came into effect in 2020, but we really need more. We need better policies to support new parents. And then finally, on the fourth day of Black Maternal Health Week, which was yesterday, we just wanted to focus on being uplifted. And so that's what we did. We went through affirmations. We got our mirrors. We looked at ourselves and we said, you are an amazing mother. Your family is lucky to have you. 
it was so important to me to go through these affirmations because in the conversations that I have with my mom friends, with my mom family members, with my patients, the one thing that I hear over and over again is just constantly questioning if you are doing a good enough job. And I don't know what it is that makes us feel this way. You can be doing the most amazing things and you're still looking at yourself saying, do my children feel loved enough? Do they feel good enough? Are they having a good life? Am I a good mother? And I imagine that fathers and other birthing parents all ask themselves the same questions. I don't know because that's not my experience, but that is a constant question that we have. I think I think we do as parents. We constantly wonder, am I doing something that is going to F my kid up? Or am I not doing something that is going to F my kid up? Like, am I doing enough? So the affirmations were powerful. I recorded them and I listened to them and I felt them. I took them into my spirit and I received them. And then I just left feeling like a better mother. So if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and listen to it. It is created for black mothers, but it is not just for black mothers. These are something that any mother, any black mama, um, any mama can listen to and feel uplifted and empowered. And then now that brings us back to today, which was just a recap of everything that we've done this week. I will tell you, it has been amazing recording these podcasts. I have recorded more did I say podcasts? <laughs> I have to tell you I'm recording this. It's 11 p.m. and I'm actually quite tired. I've been staying up very late to record, edit, and produce all of these podcasts. I've been having a ball, but I am sleepy, which is why I'm apparently adding extra, extra syllables to words. But it has been such an amazing project and I've been so proud of it. And I have recorded more podcasts in these last few days, at least I will have by the end of the series, than I think I've even recorded this year. So it's been an awesome jumpstart for helping me as a black mama of three get back into doing what I love, which is having these conversations with you, bringing the evidence to you, bringing the information to you. Thank you for joining me today. As always, it has been real. And before you go, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you are listening for the first time, if you're listening for the second, third, or fourth time, please leave a positive review. It's those reviews that help draw people to the podcast. They help promote the podcast so people know, okay, this is something that I can listen to that will be entertaining, and that also will give me information that I need. If for some reason you are not enjoying the podcast and you haven't enjoyed it, let me know how the show can be better. I want your feedback too. You can send me a DM on social media. I'm on Instagram at ladypartsdoc, or you can email me at drhack, D-R-H-A-C-K, at ladypartsdoctor.com. Either way, I still want you to connect with me. I actually had someone reach out to me on Instagram um, just yesterday, and I thought that that was really cool to get that feedback, and I, I love that. I live for that. And in addition to your feedback, I also love to hear your stories, your ideas for content, and when you let me know the things that you want to discuss in future podcasts. We will come together again tomorrow to continue the conversation. I'm Dr. Stephanie Hack, the Lady Parts Doctor. Until next time.